0: Welcome to episode 79 of Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures, great and small, and their fantabulous professionals who look after them all. I'm your show host, Julie South. This last week, gone. We had a bit, we me, had a bit of a technology blip, which meant, apart from the fact I've been pulling out my hair, it meant that I was late in getting Ashley O'Driscoll's, Dr. Ashley O'Driscoll's podcast episode completed in time for publication this week. Anyone who knows me well knows that it doesn't take long for gadgets and technology to start developing an attitude when they're in my company. This week just gone, my email chucked to hacker in a major way, a bit like a three-year-old having a temper tantrum in the supermarket. I went, in the blink of an eye, from having an empty inbox, which I was quite proud of achieving. In fact, I was just patting myself on the back Wednesday morning when it went from zero unread emails to 4000 I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So I blinked. And in that blink, it jumped from 4,000 unread to 13,000 unread. Oh, man. That was also happening at the same time Like the emails were bouncing right, left and center. And the senders were, people who were emailing me were receiving a message that my inbox was full, which was really stressful. The vets, nurses and practice managers, fortunately, who had my cell phone number, were able to text me so that I could handle their queries and questions straight away. In the meantime, I was running a virus scan. I'm pretty, because I wondered whether, you know, I'd been had a, whether we had had a DDS, one of those massive attacks, but it wasn't anything like that, you know, a massive website attack. So I ran a virus scan. I'm pretty diligent about emails that are opening. And if it looks even a little bit suspect, I don't even go there. I don't click on any links on emails inside the email themselves. I will always go to, go to a website and log in that way. Now, when all of this is happening, have you ever noticed when things are high stress or you find yourself racing the clock in sort of an emergency type situation? Now, I realize that my emergencies aren't anything like your life and death emergencies that you deal with on a daily basis in clinic, but it was sure stressful for me and everyone trying to email me. Still don't know what caused the blip in Microsoft Outlook. It coincidentally happened at the same time we were getting upgraded to fibre. So the server was on and offline, which meant I couldn't access files, the internet was coming up and coming down, and I aged really fast last week. And then before I knew it, we had both the weekend and the month end. Where has this year gone already? Last week, I promised to let you know which five clinics had won the lunchtime shout through vet staff. These were the clinics where someone on their team had participated in vet staff's Veterinary Sector State of the Nation Survey 2022. Stay tuned because I'm going to share some of the findings and the winners with you straight up after Brian here. An old vet told my father when he was a student in Glasgow, he said, uh, if you want to be a success in veterinary practice, just keep the bowels open and trust the rest to God. Nutrition's not an opinion, it's a science. They called me that weird herbal needle vet, and I, I just remember thinking, well, I'm still going to do it, because I know it works, and I've got the research to back it. From reminiscences of the real James Herriot's son to pet nutrition, to acupuncture. The Vet Podcast discusses current animal health issues from around the world. I'm veterinarian Brian Greger from New Zealand. Just search for the Vet Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. The Vet Sector State of the Nation 2022 survey was run over four weeks. We used Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn, this podcast, and VetStaff's website to let the sector know about the survey. We guaranteed anonymity to all respondents. However, if they wanted their clinic to go in the draw to win a lunch on VetStaff, they needed to complete the contact info so we could organise the, delivery, the lunchtime chat delivery if their name was drawn out of the hat. 15 respondents chose to remain totally anonymous and that meant that their clinics weren't entered into the lucky dip drawer. The way we chose the five lucky winners from 124 respondents was very random, I believe. I believe we met the criteria. The team at VET staff has a full team meeting three days every week. At one of these team meetings, I asked Isabel and Kajal to give me two lucky numbers for them between number one and 124. They thought I was going to buy a lotto ticket. (laughs) Then I chose a number myself. So we had five numbers. I exported, it wasn't a lotto ticket, I exported the data from from the survey form into Excel. The line numbers that we all picked out were the winners, however... Got to say, it took quite a few attempts because three of the first batch of five, those numbers belonged to those with totally anonymous participants. So whoever you are, you know who you are, your clinic, you may have been one of those that missed out on lunch. In both or in all of those cases, not both of them, in all of those cases, I closed my eyes and I stabbed at my screen. So my screen here has fingerprints on it. Until we ended up with five fully completed entries. The winners are, so we'll have a drum roll. Here they are Vet Farm Pet Clinic in Walkworth, the Animal Referral Centre from Snapper Rock in Auckland, Care Vets Beach Road in Pahurihuri in Papakura in Auckland. The Strand Veterinarian from Parnell, also in Auckland, and First Vets from Whanganui. We've been in touch, so congratulations to all of those clinics. We've been in touch with each of these clinics and we're organising dates for the delivery of their team's lunchtime shouts. If you didn't pick up, As I said, we had 124 respondents. The breakdown between VETS, vet nurses was about the same, each comprising 43% of the total. Next were vet techs and non-VET clinic, sorry, non-clinic support, equal at 6% of the total, and then practice managers came in at about 4%. So that's vets and vet nurses at 43% each, vet techs and non-clinic support staff equal at 6% and then practice managers at 4%. The majority of the respondents, almost half, at 49% were from general practice companion animal clinics. The next biggest cohort was from mixed animal clinics at 32%, Then large animal, equine only and dairy only at 5% each, with the balance being pretty much evenly split between exotics, referral and after hours emergency clinics. Qualifications wise, the majority had their primary qualification from a New Zealand tertiary institution. 85% of respondents, while 15% had their primary qualification from an overseas tertiary institution. When it came to things financial, for example, remuneration, the splits were approximately equal with a third not earning enough to live on, And they were going backwards, which is really sad. They were going backwards financially. Approximately a third were just able to survive on what they were earning. But they weren't able to have any rainy day savings. And a third were okay financially. They were able to live and they were able to contribute to a rainy day account. I haven't crunched the numbers, gone a, I haven't done a deep dive yet, which professions, clinic type and or geographical locations, these one third, one third, one third breakdowns could be attributed to. But it's probably fair and reasonable to surmise at this stage. The nurses will weigh heavily in on the going backwards with no rainy day financial savings in that category. Regarding the stress that everyone's under in clinic, if you've been following vet staff's social media accounts, you will have seen the comments we've been sharing from respondents about what do they think could be some solutions for the staff shortages and the stress that everybody's under. Well, not everybody, that's a generalisation that most people are under. Some solutions, top-level solutions, include for extra time to be allocated for admin and case notes through the day. And this is so that vets don't have to take this paperwork home with them and or stay late because not enough time has been scheduled in clinic for this to happen. This was offered up a few times, so perhaps if you're listening now and you have input into schedules, you could look at making this happen at your clinic. If you've no idea how you're going to do it, either you've got head office breathing down your neck or screaming down the phone, even worse, then brainstorm among your team. There'll be great answers already on your team if you just ask the right questions. Next top level solution was for vets to utilise their nurses' skills more. This one came through loud and clear from most, maybe all the nurses. I need to do a deep dive on the data with that. However, there were enough comments for me to think that in many, obviously not all, but in many clinics... That vets in some cases are adding to their own stress by not giving credit and responsibility where it's due to the nurses. So maybe have a team meeting and see what you can do to appreciate the training, the skills and the education that nurses have at your clinic. Doing this means that the vets will have more time to do what only vets can do. Some nurses replied that they feel like they're glorified cleaners. Significant surgical procedures, SSPs, if vets utilised their nurses' skills and training more, they'd have more time themselves as vets to do more of what vets can do and only vets can do. Another thing that came through was to hire dedicated receptionists so nurses can be nurses. Another comment, and this was loud and clear, and it ties in with vets utilising nurses as nur- nurses, is for management to recognise nurses are nurses and not receptionists. If, comment came through with one person, that if you went to, your, to see your doctor, His or her nurse would not be sitting at the front desk answering the phone. They would be doing what they're being trained to do. That somebody like me, for example, I can answer a phone, but I can't take blood. I can't do lots of things. Hire your nurses to hire. Promote them. Make them nurses. Utilise them as nurses. If clinics hire dedicated non-nursing staff, but train them in elementary triage, it would free up nurses to be nurses, and then they could also be charged out and generate more income for your clinic. Other comments that came up were recognising more overseas universities for registration in New Zealand if this wasn't going to happen then for the vet council to make it easier for overseas qualified vets of non-recognized institutions to obtain limited sorry to obtain with an in to obtain limited registration in their areas of expertise and experience for example if a vet has spent the last 10 years working in a companion animal clinic it's pointless to get them re-qualifying in large or lifestyle animal medicine when they're not going to be using those skills here anyway. Likewise, for a dairy vet who's never going to be asked to do a bitch spay as part of their regular job because that's not the type of veterinary medicine they want to practice in. So, with that in mind, I've invited Emma Glockland, who's the CEO of the New Zealand Vet Council, Onto this podcast to answer these questions. He's agreed. And we are now trying to match up our diaries. I've told him that I will rearrange. I will part the seas if I can to fit into his diary so that we can get this recording done. Watch this space for that. I'll certainly let you know. And I'll be shouting about it from the rooftops because I believe it needs to be shouted about. To recap... If your clinic's under pressure, this is what's come through in the State of the Nation 2022 survey. If your clinic's under pressure and I realise that having COVID and school holidays makes for a perfect storm right now, get your team together and do some brainstorming. Especially look at how you can create more notes writing time, how to utilise your nursing team's expertise more. Look at hiring a dedicated receptionist, a non-clinical one, so your nurses can be nurses who don't get interrupted constantly by the phone. Look at paying your team more. A couple of dollars an hour won't make that much difference to a vet, unless they're a part-timer, then it could make every difference. But to a nurse, it will be huge and it shouldn't break the bank at your end. It'll be huge from a financial perspective and it will be huge from a respect perspective as well. They will feel more appreciated and recognized. I'm happy to chat through any of these ideas if you would like it. Hit me up. You can contact me direct from where you're listening to this podcast. It will take you back to pawsclawswetnoses.fm.com which is the podcast website. Thank you for tuning in this week. Next week, my fingers and toes are crossed for no more technical blips at this end so that you'll be able to chat into the into, sorry, tune into the chat I had with Dr. Ashley O'Driscoll, Waikato veterinarian who's just started her own business focusing on providing home euthanasia service services to companion animal pet owners. Wherever you are, thank you for your time. Here's to inviting you, to supporting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous and amazing version of you that you can be. Ka ano, stay healthy, take care, stay safe, God bless. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of VetStaff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, dedicated to the veterinary sector. VetStaff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, VetStaff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. VetStaff.co.nz